I like to think it's a bit more highbrow than it sounds, but anyway. It's not. <laughs> okay, hello and welcome to On Writing and Fan Fiction. I'm Zoe. And I'm Jake. And on this podcast, like the Stephen King memoir, we talk about the craft of writing through our own personal experience. But unlike Stephen King memoir, we talk about it specifically in the context of fan fiction. Also, unlike Stephen King, we are not internationally renowned novelists, but 20-somethings not internationally renowned for anything. Since this is our first episode, today we'll start uh, with introductions in the form of listing some listing our dubious qualifications to talk about this topic. So Jake, what makes you dubiously qualified to talk about writing and fan fiction? I am a fourth year, a final year student in a creative writing program at a college. What's and important to note here is that he does not have a degree. I don't have, well, I will, I will have a degree. <laughs> Once I graduate, I'll have a bachelor's degree in creative writing. And but you don't currently have a I degree. I don't currently have one. So, so as of right now, I am full of shit. But come April <laughs> of next year, I will have letters that will be like, oh, he's smart and full of shit. Because the one thing I have on you right now is that I actually have a degree from a college. That's um, correct. Is it in writing though? It is not in writing, ah! Jake. It is in bio. It is in biochemistry. So my, I will submit for my dubious qualification is that I have a minor in creative writing officially. Gotcha. Although technically, my bachelor's degree is a, a BS, which stands for exactly what you think it does. <laughs> <laughs> you should also know. Uh, neither of us quit our day jobs to make this podcast. That's correct. I would like to quit my day job, but. I, I would not. I, I I actually enjoy my day job. But I also enjoy enjoy writing kind of as a side. Fucking as a side look job. at me. I'm Zoe. I enjoy the work that I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our first topic. So our, the first thing we, uh, I thought we were gonna, we should do is just kind of briefly defend fan fiction. Because you know what happens, Jake, when you tell people that you write fan fiction? I, no, uh, I don't. Because I don't tell anyone that I write fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> when you tell people write fan fiction is that they immediately assume that you are writing porn just just foul just straight straight up omegaverse and, shit and then they look at you funny for the rest of the evening correct so people have this like the public has like this general like really kind of narrow view of fan fiction i feel like as just something in which to write all your weird sex fantasies mm-hmm. and that like if you write it it means that you can't be a real writer or that you're not like by definition a real writer right it's not like real stories you're writing because like they're really someone else's Mm -hmm. but we're here to offer specifically jake is here to offer a defense of that and give a presentation i that you (laughs) okay okay so i do made for college i do have a i do have an actual legitimate genuine powerpoint about fiction and before you point and laugh and throw eggs at me i i'm up in canada where zoe is in the states and everyone has to make fun of your canadian accent everyone has to make fun of my canadian accent i don't hear it zoe apparently does she hears it (laughs) when i say out and about and sorry and things can everyone can anyone not hear that well when this when this (laughs) podcast invariably becomes wildly famous and we have a, a massive audience the comments will flood in and they'll make fun of me for my letter kenny accent so well, we know your greatest your greatest dream we know 
Jake, or I know that your greatest dream is to be cyberbullied. So. That is not incorrect. So the deal with this PowerPoint is it it was about it was an assessment of how fan fiction fit into the Canadian Copyright Act and um, all the legalities surrounding it and the sort of like weird legal ground it, it's it has historically trodden. So the thesis statement of the of the my assignment was not only does it not infringe copyright as per the CCA, but it it to denounce it as something as nefarious as, you know, theft or plagiarism as it often is in like legal settings, devalues writing as an artistic medium. We're we're going to be for posterity, we're going to be operating under the premise that writing that writing fan fiction is art because all the interesting discussion is downwind of accepting that as a premise so we're just going to yeah. operate with that going forward yeah no i think that i think this is like kind of an important thing to point out like when you're writing fan fiction like even though you're using like someone else's world and someone else's characters like the words and the sentences and like the construction of the story are all still yours from your head yeah right? exactly you know, that that's kind of what makes it like every, you know, fan fiction is unique um, mm -hmm. and like new, like it, it is a new creation that you make every time you write fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. Why is it valid? Let's talk about that. Let's answer that question. Why is writing fan fiction a valid um, artistic escape or like a valid uh, practice of like the craft of writing? First and foremost, I always think of it as like writing fan fiction is a great way to sort of like get your foot in the door of writing, not like get your foot in the door in an industry sense where it's like, oh, I saw your Naruto fan fiction. You're, you wouldn't we like to offer you a job. It's like it's not it's not how it works, but it's a great way to hone your skills as they're still like in their infancy as you're just starting out. Um, because you have, you can take something that, you can take a story that makes you really passionate, a game, a movie, a book, whatever, um, and you can use the element elements it has set up to do your own thing. And yeah, yeah. All, because... and, and all that's and all that's asked of you in that setting is to just make the writing mechanically sound, because you have everything else set up for you. Yeah, yeah, it kind of takes the pressure off of, like, the world building that you might yeah. do in an original work or like coming up with your own characters and like it also like alleviates the little bit of the pressure of like having to like get your readers invested in your characters yeah exactly Although i would argue when you write fan fiction you still have to do that oh you still like, absolutely have to do that people people don't um, but you do and um also like it's kind of you know disingenuous to kind of dismiss especially like all fan fiction like kind of writ large because like if you think about it, like, fanfiction is published for money all the time based on stuff in the public domain. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you, like, I don't know if you know Jake, but, like, there's, like, hundreds of books of basically Pride and Prejudice fanfiction that have been published. Jesus. You know, yeah, well, I mean, make there, money off of it. There's, I mean, there, there's so much like, stuff you know, on, like, every... Wattpad and stuff, right? What do you... What does that have to do with anything? Well, like the the like the Martian, for example, was I think the Martian was a story that was on Wattpad first. And oh, it, I didn't got, know that. it got picked up and turned into a book deal and then a movie deal. And then there was there's some book series by Anna Todd. that's apparently really fucking terrible that it was also a Wattpad story. And there's also, you know, that huh. Netflix movie, The Kissing Booth. No, I yeah, don't. no one does. But it was a book before that. Okay. And before that, it was a Wattpad story. 
So it's like there there is oh, there is precedence. So crazy. There is precedence for this that's shit so like crazy. getting picked up. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, no, but what I was saying is that like it's legal to write like, you know, Mr. Darcy's perspective on like Pride and Prejudice and like publish that like for money because Pride and Prejudice is in the public domain. Oh, um, right. And so that's what I that's what I mean by right. like it's legal to publish fan fiction. You know, people publish what's essentially fan fiction of Sherlock Holmes all the time. Gotcha. You know, um, because that's in the public domain. And then also, like, everyone knows, like, Fifty Shades of Grey was once on AO3. And yeah. It was, and it was Twilight fanfiction. So, like, all this is to say that, like, fanfiction, writing fanfiction is still real writing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though a, m- most of it, like, the vast majority of it isn't published at and, all. And is also... Let there be no misconceptions, and most of it is also quite bad. That's that's okay, where people you say come. A lot of it's, no, go for it. Think you got to think about like it's like a bell curve, right? Like most fan fiction is like average-ish. Some of it is like horrendous, and then some of it is very is like better than like stuff you can find on bookshelves and libraries. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So like, there's this like you know there's a wide range of stuff people put post or like write fan fiction wise mm-hmm. and um at many they're at many different stages in their development as writers and i wouldn't say like most of it is bad i would say most of it is average right that's fair but but that's definitely like the the perception people have of it is that you know fan fiction like whenever yeah. you hear fan fiction it's like okay that's amateur writing that's yeah mm, that's weird wolf porn or some yeah. shit like that and yeah. it's like that that's but, not that's not unfounded but it's it's also not a it's not a valid critique of right. the practice of doing it. Yeah. Like it's not. Yeah. You should still you should still go for it. You, you write that weird wolf porn fanfic. Don't tell them I told you to yeah. do it, but do it. And it's also like just a great way to like I think it's a great way to like engage with the thing that you love, you know, whether that's like a TV show or a book or something. Like mm-hmm. writing fanfiction is like a great way to like kind of work out your own interpretations of the characters and feelings about it and also you're providing your own perspective on the story that's not necessarily like provided by by the author or by the like producer or the writers yeah exactly um, like yeah like a lot of a lot of um fan fiction is written by you know queer people people of color and women and these are perspectives that really aren't seen that often in the wider media so. yeah for sure Fanfiction can be really important to provide some like um, content created by people in those spaces who are not mm-hmm. represented, else, and, who don't see their perspectives represented elsewhere. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, fanfiction is is art for art's sake. Like, that's all. It, there's no mm-hmm. profit motive or anything. And mm-hmm. it's like in yeah, yeah in a time where we have like Game of Thrones season eights and like disney owning 40 percent of the fucking media in north america it's like who can blame mm-hmm. people for wanting to engage with media in a more interactive way right and yeah doing it yeah, in a way that's way. not like it doesn't have any like monetary biases or anything like that like if yeah. you if you yeah. want to be dirty communist hippies about it which <laughs> i think i'm sure we do is like yeah fan fiction is sort of like a, it's it's like a seizing of the means of production when you're in a world where where a lot of the media we consume is just like is mired in all these really gross corporate motives mm-hmm. but with that out of the way what are our yeah. favorite things about the craft of writing i don't know 
to answer this question, like, Jake, why did you first, I always like people, like, asking writers, like, when did you first start writing? What's, like, what's the first thing that you remember writing, like, as a kid? I think the first thing I remember writing was, I had this, like, really little tiny handheld notebook, and I, like, it, it was only, like, two pages, because I, 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 you know, very true to form, uh-huh. I, I fucking gave up. Uh-huh. I wrote some weird story with Pokemon in it. But, like, I don't remember the details or, like, the fucking, or, like, the narrative structure of it or anything like that. It was just some kind of, like, wonky, disjointed story. But I think that was, like, the first thing I remember writing. So I can, I can firmly say that the first thing I ever penned as a, as a budding writer was Pokemon fanfiction. Awesome. It's not. That's really, it's inspirational. Yeah? (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's good. I wrote, I filled composition notebooks with Percy Jackson fan fiction when I was in middle school. <laughs> so we'll just get Are those movies even way. actually good? I saw yes. the first one and I was like, okay. I never, okay, look, I haven't seen any of the movies. I thought I heard the, that the movies were like god awful terrible compared to the books. I've never, I've never seen the movies. I cannot speak to that. Um, and I haven't read the book since I was like 12. So like, that's not the first thing I ever read. First fan fiction I ever wrote was I wrote when I was 10 years old and I actually discovered it in a notebook in when I was in college and cleaning out my room. Mm. And I took the basic plot and rewrote it. And that was the first thing I ever posted on fanfiction.net. Oh, get out. Okay. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I've been like writing and telling stories for as long as I remember. I mean, I guess like, like I grew up like with like tons of dolls. Like I had like collections and collections of dolls and like um i would just have like you know day long days long stories going with them where i'd start it one day and then like continue that story like every time i came back to my dolls <laughs> right i had the same thing with legos like you know you build whole sets and you go back to it every day and like continue the same story some of which i i think i probably actually wrote down and some of which most of which i didn't right um just add and like then, and yeah and i just i don't know i've never not been telling stories i don't think yeah, um, I think I think that was sort of the same for me, and it was. It, it's funny looking back on it because for a while, like all through high school, I was like, "I'm gonna get into game design because I fucking love video games. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Oh, I love mm-hmm. them." And all through high school, I, I took programming and I took visual art, and I graduated high school and I couldn't program and I couldn't draw. So <laughs> I was like, I do not feel confident that I have the technical and artistic acumen to warrant spending $15,000 to find out this isn't for me. So I just didn't, I, so I pivoted focus and I was, I, there was at the time that I started writing a little bit more habitually and I, I was posting shit on the internet and people were reading it and I was like, I'm having mm-hmm. fun doing this and I'm like, I'm pretty good at it, all things considered. So mm-hmm. I should actually mm-hmm. consider doing this. And it's like looking back on it, like in retrospect, it's funny because the more I think about it, the more it makes sense that that was eventually my career choice. Like it, it almost feels like it was predestined because mm-hmm. like, like I think about it as a kid and I was always super excited to do like the creative writing projects and, and shit in class. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, that but was like I, my favorite part of like the standardized tests. Yeah, exactly. To write stories. You know, those were awesome. So, so yeah, it was sort of, it, it was like, it, it, it's just sort of something that that's been like a long time coming, I think. Yeah, so, like, I guess, like, I guess the takeaway is that we both love telling stories. And if you love telling stories, too, fan fiction is a great way. Fan fiction is a great way. To kind of exercise that. Yeah. Um, When I was in college, so when I was in college, I knew I 
wanted to, I knew I wanted to be a science major, um, but I also like loved, I also always loved like reading and writing and literature. So I, I picked up like the creative writing minor kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started, it was, it blew my mind to take creative writing classes in college because I never realized there was so much to know. Like creative writing was always kind of, was instinctual to me. Like I just, it was just something that I felt, but there's actually a lot of technical stuff to know behind crafting a story. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we mean when we say like craft with like a capital C. <laughs> Big old capital C. Um, like the technical things like an arc, like learning how to write an arc in a story, like what makes a story a story. And then also, you know, how to, how are your characters interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, how to like write conflict and how to resolve conflict. Those are like some of the crafty things I started learning about in college. And, right. you know, and like at first it all seems like totally new and you wonder like how you ever wrote anything before that. But then you look back on your old writing and you're like, well, I guess I kind of did know that. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of just unconsciously, it's something you pick up just by reading a lot. Um, yeah, exactly. Thinking about stories a lot. And then, but once you start to know the names for things, like, and start to actually being able to exercise these elements of craft consciously mm-hmm. um, in your writing, your writing can actually become so much better. Yeah. Because you become more self-aware of, of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess, like, my favorite, like, my favorite like, kind of crafty thing to think about is I love, I love seeing how characters change throughout a story. Mm-hmm. And I want to, and, like, it's always like a fun challenge for me to see how I can make that change as like as, organic as possible. See, no, not not organic, but like how I can make that change as small as possible, but still significant and meaningful. Oh, like you know? like like subtle, but subtle yeah, but significant. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think there's like I had one creative writing teacher who put it like, when you begin a story, your character should be. Um, underwater like not but close close to the surface but underwater just underwater and when you finish a story they should be just above water Mm. and so like big dramatic changes often don't feel as you said organic because this is when you get like they seem like they can seem fake and kind of unrealistic like when you have like going either way like if you start off a character in a really bad and a really negative place and then end them at like a really high like a perfect place like mm-hmm. it feels like unrealistic right and then similarly like when you start when you have a character start in like a really high really positive place and then like at the lowest of the low like that can also like feel not as satisfying yeah from one extreme to another uh it, it, that sort of it certainly can feel inauthentic um and it, it mm-hmm. can be done poorly because that is that that's probably the the version of like a character arc that uh, is probably most people's first attempt at one uh mm-hmm. where they're mm-hmm. like okay yeah. i you know they, they know that a character has to change but they don't necessarily weave too many subtleties into the text for that to like for it to be really compelling and, and, and mm-hmm. all it all mm-hmm. it really is is like i need them I need to get this character from point A, which is top of a mountain, to point B, which is the bottom of a chasm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I think that's that's probably a fair assessment. Um, but there there are absolutely ways for that to feel really compelling. It just has to be weaved into the character, and like it has to it yeah. has to make sense. Yeah, for it's, it's a really case by case thing. Yeah, yeah, and I will say like, and we'll talk about this later um, too. I will say that like 
the the beginning should inform the ending you know yeah. the beginning of a story should inform the ending like when you because like that's where you establish your baseline and so like and that's where you set up your like central conflict of the story and like that's the conflict that should be resolved by mm -hmm. the ending subtle subtle character arcs i'm gonna go with that is like yeah my for sure to my favorite thing um, about capital c craft oh man i think i think mine is probably I think my favorite thing about writing, and this is probably like the poet in me talking, but like I, I love the the rhythm of language and like being able to create like a beat, create a, a, a rhythm of verse with words alone, like using alliteration mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. sonic dissonance and assonance yeah. and stuff like That's, that to, yeah, to really that. to like really drive a line forward. And I, I yes. think that I think that that comes from studying a lot of uh old english text like you know we read i read beowulf on my own time we read dream of the rude and the wanderer which are like old 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 works of like anglo-saxon literature we read fucking sir gawain and the green knight which yeah. fucking rocks yeah. by the way um i love sir gawain and the green knight dude yeah. it's super good I, they're making that into a movie Did you see favorites. that i didn't see that i'm afraid it's gonna be it it, it looks <laughs> it looks better than it has any right to look Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Like it's like this this shouldn't this should be dumb, but it looks actually kind of cool. I'd hope they don't go too crazy with the special effects though, cuz I feel like it's a it's supposed to be like a subtle story like that, you know. Yeah. I hope that they treat the green um, knight as like a green screen and they just superimpose a bunch <laughs> of dumb bullshit on him the entire time. Like weird gifts yeah, well, of Yeah, like, like this like if they make it like this obviously fake like you know kind of monster character i think that would be like not true to the story you know yeah. because he's not described and i think this is like he's not described in any other way in the story i don't think yeah he's just green I don't know. this isn't an analysis yeah this isn't an analysis of the of sir gawain and the green knight but yeah like the best stories like are written in a way that like not only the like the story it's not only the story that's compelling but it's mm -hmm. like the way it's written and the writing is really high quality and, and it flows like have you yeah. ever read the great gatsby like the Great Gatsby I, is like I think I the read I read some of it for a for a class. I've I anytime a a class has has asked of me to read an entire text, I I've I've not done it. Oh my gosh! Well, you have to read the. And that's coming from a writer, it, ladies and gentlemen. I know. I shame. Do as we say, not as we do. No, do I mean, super as I do. As Cheat does. and lie. No, don't, <laughs> don't. No, but the Great Gatsby is like the most famous example I can think of of this. It's um you know, written in a way that you can, where you can, like, if you read it out loud, you can, like, feel the beat and feel the rhythm of it. Yeah, for sure. That's why, like, the first and last lines of The Great Gatsby are famous, and, like, lots of lines in the middle of it are famous. I, I do have a copy of it around. I still have my copy somewhere. Where the hell is it? Yeah, well, I, so put that on your reading I'll look for it later. You gotta, you gotta read The Great Gatsby, because, and, like, anyone, if you're interested in, like, what it looks like when someone has actually created a rhythm, like, almost, like, has almost written poetry into their prose. Like yeah. The Great Gatsby is the example of mm -hmm. that. And um, and that's why learning poetry is a really great way to, to up your writing game. But that's an episode four thing. Wink. Hint, hint. Jake's excited for episode Lar four. I am. Because I'm a pretentious asshole that likes poetry. All right. Before we get to that, because so far this podcast has been full of positivity. Well, that's not quite true. We're gonna <laughs> because we've talked about our favorite things. We're gonna have it. We're we gonna take a hard to, left turn down. We're gonna fuck take you a lane. hard left and talk about our least favorite things. So, 
Jake, we both love fan fiction, right? Like we both read it and we write we both read and write fan fiction, right? I you can admit that. I, I have been known to at indeterminate <laughs> points in my life write fan fiction sometimes, yes. Jake Jake's Jake's like one step away from pleading the fifth. Um, <laughs> which you can't do because he's not American. No, so. I can super do it. <laughs> but we're gonna uh because we both read and write fan fiction, like and we've said that like fan fiction, you know, most of it is average, some of it is horrible, and some of it is good, but mm. the reason most of it is average is because it's, like, completely, like, unregulated, you know? There's no one yeah. stopping anyone from posting anything on the... I'm gonna say, like, I'm just gonna come out and say the best platform to read fanfiction and post fanfiction is Archive of Our Own. Yeah, I'll go along with that. AO3. Um, we're gonna call that the best. Official podcast opinion, the That's... best. This, ep- this podcast is sponsored by Archive of Our Own. <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored. This not, this it's sponsored by Wendy's. Sponsored by anything. It's nope, nope. We do it's not sponsored by the estate of Edgar Allan Poe. It's nope, not that either. Um, <laughs> there's no one stopping anyone from posting anything on the internet, any fan fiction on the internet. Um, so it's completely unregulated. So there's like a wide range of shit you can find on there, and it's not edited mostly. Or I'm just gonna assume it's most of it's not edited at Mine's all. Mine's not. It's not filtered. I mean, what? I don't so, write fanfiction. There are a lot of there's a lot of like mistakes. Well, they aren't mistakes. There's like a lot of annoying habits that you know. A lot of cliches. Find, like that you find you find in like that sort of like unfiltered, you know, mess yeah. of people posting on the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're a reader, like if you're a reader, you, you know this like even if you're not a writer, like there's certain things that just make you go when you're reading fan fiction that just make you go, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and that like make you like click away immediately. Or like, you're like, I wish this, this fic would be perfect except for like this one thing, this one blemish um, that they do, that they do over and over again. And it's so annoying. So Jake, what's the most annoying thing when you're reading fan fiction and, and you see like an author doing I mean, the most specific example and like the the most concrete one I have is calling eyes orbs. Um, <laughs> I it's very specific. It's, it is this trend that has not. Where did it begin? Not fun. Can we, I, can we trace this back to its source? I don't know. It's probably best that we don't. I, I, Honestly, it's, its source is probably in supernatural fanfiction. Oh my god. That's fu- the source I, of most you're, things. <laughs> you're fucking probably super right. I'm gonna take your word for that. God. Someone but, but, in 2008 described described Dean Winchester's eyes as orbs. What the fuck are they? And so Sam and Dean? Those since, are names? Since then, it is a common thing. It's, it's a common just thing spiraled. For, for... It's ex- it's exploded and fragmented <laughs> into every other fandom sense. And everyone's fucking done it. Orbs. It's yeah. just this. It's What's this. So terrible? It's this surface level, like figurative language shit that I. It just yeah. drives me up the fucking wall. And like, yeah, you know what it is? It's 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 fancy language describing something that is almost definitely unimportant to the scene. It's unimportant, and, exactly. And there's the other thing too why, is that, and that's why it sucks so yeah. much when you read that. The other thing too that you like, can't that you cannot discount with, like, comparisons and figurative languages shit is, like, how words actually sound sonically. How they, how they hit your yes. ear when you read them. Yes. So if you're describing... Yes. If you're describing eyes and they're supposed to be this fucking pretty, shiny thing, reflective, it's, like, always blue, 
and, and like you call them orbs. Orbs is a hideous word that sounds like shit covered in garbage. It it it's bad. Okay, I'm gonna disagree with you on on the point that orbs is a is like a, an awful sounding word. I think there are definitely appropriate uses for the word orb. I, there are. Um, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna stick with my with my original with the reason I hate it. I guess is because that like I don't like flowery language. I think that's probably a personal thing. But I mm-hmm. don't like flowery language. I like language to be like as plain as possible. I feel like that means right. Like I'm always of the opinion that the language should not detract from the story like it shouldn't the language itself shouldn't distract from your engagement with the story like right. you shouldn't make your reader like be looking up words like after mm-hmm. two sentences because you're like you know going crazy on thesaurus.com is it is, is does it make me weird that i actually love when love when that happens like as a reader i'm like oh i don't know what that word is and i go and check it out that that does make you extremely weird i hate that i've always really liked that I consider myself to have a pretty good vocabulary, and when someone starts, like, exceeding it regularly, I'm like, you need... Like, I don't think this is making your point better. Like, I you fucking know, nerd. The point, the, point, the point of writing, okay, is to communicate effectively. Like, if you're yeah. using, like, excessively, like, excessively fancy language to communicate... Yeah something you're not communicating that effectively because like every time you someone has to take themselves away from your story to like look something up mm-hmm. or is like distracted by your language that doesn't sound natural like that's taking away from the story like that's yeah. making them less engaged no it's it's um, definitely a really common practice especially with writers starting out to be like there, there's just sort of this assumption that writing has to like has to sound complex has to sound flowery and, and really like yeah, uh, really yeah. high, like highbrow and shit like that. So what the what people will do is they'll like think of a word and then they'll pull up a thesaurus and find a different version of that word and then just use that instead. Yeah, without really stopping to consider like the 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 really minute subtle differences between those synonyms. And I say that because yeah. I, I was guilty of doing that too. I absolutely did that when I was starting out as a writer, and it's yeah, my, oh, my yeah, old yeah. writing is shitty because of it. Yeah, we should we should point out that like all the things that we're about to complain about. Like, not just in this episode, but in all future episodes, is all mm-hmm. stuff that, like, we've done. And if you're a writer, like, you might be thinking, I've definitely done that. Um, well, I've never called eyes like, orbs because I'm not a degenerate. But... Okay, well, you can... Okay, <laughs> fine. Jake Jake has not done this one thing. But my point is... That, that makes like... me better than you, not you. I mean, the <laughs> listener. You, listener. The point, the point... My point is that, like, you know, we've all done this, but... You know, that doesn't make you a bad writer. No, Especially if of course not. If you listen to this podcast, you know, we'll also tell you all the ways you can be a better writer. Exactly. Um, and that's what this podcast is. This is a manifesto first and a podcast second. This is a fan fiction manifesto <laughs> yeah. that you can listen to and be like, oh, I had fucking two 20-something nobody dipshits that write fan fiction on the internet be like, oh, this is how you write good. And then I did it. You, this, and you yeah. get you get to cite us in your fucking yeah yeah you should definitely cite us in your in your author's notes you should definitely like give us lots of credit and like give us like cool yeah, like we live for that give us like credit. lots of money and like people's phone numbers and stuff wow we got off topic, we got off topic. it's fine okay um what about you what is your what is your what when you read it does it just drive you up the wall okay I have many, I have many least favorite things, but my, like, the thing that, like, I hate, like, more than almost anything is, is, like, excessive use of epithets in dialogue in particular. Yeah. But, like... Oh, dialogue? I don't see it in dialogue that often. Yuck! 
Well, no, I mean in dialogue tags. Oh, in dialogue tags. Like in okay, actual, yeah. but in dialogue tags. Yeah. Because people seem people seem to be afraid of like overusing he and she. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this comes from. I think sometimes it is confusing if you're writing dialogue between two like characters that use the same pronouns. Yeah. It can be confusing, but like honestly, when in like you should just use their names or use the pronouns. Yeah. Okay, we should we should I should define epithets first for anyone who doesn't know. Epithets are when you use, like, a short descriptor instead of, like, a character's name or pronouns. So mm-hmm. instead of saying he, you say... You the say, tall like, man or something. The tall man. The tall man or the the black-haired boy or the blonde or the brunette. I, I, so this happens I, a lot. This, like, this getting, the worst, I'm, the... I'm feeling fucking <laughs> ill even listening to you say it. It's it is it is particularly bad when you when the epithet uh, when the epithet is a physical characteristic that does not matter for the purposes of the story. Yeah, it's almost never relevant in the story what color someone's hair is. Mm-hmm. I mean that there are definitely exceptions to that, but like it's so rarely relevant to a story, and even rare more rare relevant to a scene. Yeah, um, to the point where you need to point it out in such an unnatural way as as referring to your character as the blonde because like i think part of why this bothers me so much is because like it's so obviously for the reader's benefit you know Mm -hmm. like it's like the author's like screaming at the reader the character is blonde yeah when it doesn't matter and it's not something that would be highlighted in the like if you were actually in the story um so it takes away from the immersion of it immersion is something i want to touch on because i've sort of centralized these complaints with with this metaphor is like i i tend to think of cliches in writing you know calling eyes orbs or using lots of Mm -hmm. epithets or any any other of like the myriad cliches that you can find in in writing like published or otherwise Mm -hmm. like professionally published Mm -hmm. or otherwise is i tend to think of those as the wilhelm screams of literature like for for, do you know that soundbite that i'm talking about where it's like that dude who's like when he like falls off and gets shot in like a western or in star wars or something and he like falls over a fucking railing or a cliff or something like that no i don't know what you're talking about but go on (laughs) it's it's like this super famous really fucking old soundbite that was recorded in like i don't know the fucking 1200s and it like Mm -hmm. it sounds awful and it's this this like running joke among like hollywood audio engineers to like put it in Mm. shit and it's in fucking every it's in star wars it's in old westerns it's in game of thrones at at least one point it's you will recognize it the moment you hear it if you want i'm sure i will actually i'm trying to get idea of like yeah if if you want to like just edit it in for the listener's sake you can fucking put it here or if the listener wants to stop being a lazy piece of shit they can just look it up on their own yeah all right yeah maybe maybe i'll put it up yeah um wilhelm scream in here there it goes so the (laughs) the reason i mention that is because because that soundbite is so famous and it's in so many things it's like the moment you hear it you're not thinking about whatever you're watching you're thinking about oh that was a wilhelm scream and it like like that it Uh. takes you out of the immersion of whatever you're watching in much the same way that reading a cliche like an epithet or something takes you out yeah, of a book. but I guess the thing is, you have to be aware of it to bother you, you know? Yeah. I was not aware 
that this screen was a thing. So I don't think it's bothered me. Well, you know, if, in my if, life of consuming media. Now it definitely will. Because now you're going to hear it everywhere and it's going to be my fault. Yeah. But. Yeah, all right. Well, boy. now we all know. And now you all also know about epithets and flowery descriptions of eyes. And whenever you read fan fiction from now on. Exactly. They will bother you. This is the fan fiction um, authors podcast. Listening to it will will imbue you with writerly powers and make you better yes yes that is that is the goal we hope that some of you think maybe this podcast will make you better writers we are professionals as we stated at the beginning mm -hmm. we have extensive knowledge on this thing and have studied for many minutes several minutes like at least five at least 19 um, oh yeah you're right over 10 minutes i've studied writing for over 10 minutes i think yeah okay you want to hear another like terrible epithet Oh God! No, but say it. <laughs> here's a, here's a, here's a, here's another here's another epithet. And so Jake and I are friends because we know each other through the fan fandom for Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah. Um, which is a great show if you haven't watched it, but it's not necessary to watch that to listen to this podcast. But because it's like a common thing, I thought I'd point that out. Uh, I was reading this I was reading this fic once that referred to one of the characters, Sokka, as the Southern Water Tribe boy in like as an epithet and the the reason this this epithet is terrible is because anyone who's reading that story would already know that not only is it so much wordier than just using the character's name it's also information everyone included the readers and characters included already knows i'm like there's uncomfortable nothing... <laughs> like i hate it there's nothing worse like there's nothing worse than like restating information everyone already knows yeah because like just for no reason yeah like, the the when in doubt like you said it earlier like use he and she ad nauseum use them yeah. to your heart's content they are great words you they should be applied liberally to your right yeah. <laughs> as as should as should the word said as should the says, word said I, like, I get, like, I had a creative writing teacher who was, like, a very strong believer of this, and she was like, you should use said every single time. The only reason you shouldn't use said is if you need to use the word whispered. Hmm. In every other case, you should use the word said because it it is distracting. Yeah. The, um, the, the context of the scene and of, like, the punctuation of the sentence yeah. will often get across the tone that you want yeah. that you say like instead of saying like someone yeah. so cried or someone so shouted like you could probably say said in the context of mm -hmm. the scene if, if it's mm -hmm. set up well enough yeah. we'll we'll do that for you yeah i think the i think the rule she was like that what she was getting at was that like if your dialogue is good enough you shouldn't need any dialogue any tag besides said like if your dialogue mm -hmm. is good enough like the shouting or like the shrieking or like the grumbling should be implied yeah and you just need the word said. I mean, I've read fix where like every other sentence, every other dialogue tag in a scene is like a different, a different verb, oh and my it's God. just like so much. And it also, it also like stems from a little bit of. It, I imagine it stems from like, you know, insecurity on the writer's part, where they're like afraid that like what they want to come across isn't coming across. Right. Um. But like, I guess my advice to like writers on this topic would be like, just in general trust that your writing is good enough and that your readers are smart enough mm -hmm. that you don't need to spell out everything that you think you do. Yeah, for Does sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always write with the assumption that your reader is at least as smart as you are because 
that it chances are anything that you think you need to explain you probably don't like unless it's something that's like keenly specific to the world that you're setting up it's like you don't you your reader will probably pick up on it yeah readers pick up on a lot often things that you never thought of yeah um it's really fun to discuss your writing with readers if you ever get that opportunity because mm-hmm. like sometimes they can like in in giving you their own interpretations like give you insight to like how you might have written things subconsciously or like interpretations and like perspectives on your story that like you never considered being for the sure one writing it and that's and that's uh, that's inevitable that's natural that will that will come through with any writing really writing is like an alien life form it evolves in ways that like you will not be able to perceive while you're in the middle of writing it the story will build itself in ways you didn't think it was going to when you started in fact i think a really healthy way of writing is this and this is from personal experience this is this is how it goes for me so grain of salt take what you will of this but i outline stuff in pretty broad strokes and then i fill in the rest by just going with where the story takes me mm-hmm and writing will do that. Writing will it, it will evolve and branch in really crazy ways, and it's like there will yeah, be thing, yeah. there will be happy accidents like all over your text. Definitely, um, definitely. I think I think there's like a common sentiment you hear among writers is that like I didn't want to I didn't want this to happen, but like my characters made me do it. Yeah. Um, and people look at you weird, but um, you know when you get a, that sense of your characters and like you actually get to know your characters. Um, mm-hmm you start to just follow their decisions and like feel imagine like feeling the way they feel i think i had another creative writing teacher that like gave us like really extensive detailed questionnaires and like we had to answer them for our characters mm-hmm. and she was like and then at the end she was like you know obviously not all this you don't want to include all this information explicitly in your story yeah you have to know your character that well that you can answer, you can imagine how they would answer every single one of these like intensely personal questions. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of writers instinctively do that, you know, when you feel like you're just following the wills of your characters, like almost helplessly, like that's because you know them well enough to uh, not let yourself get in the way of what of where the story naturally wants to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I say I say a lot. I end up saying a lot to like when I like edit people's stories, like your instincts are right. And um, I end up feeling a lot like when I, um, you know, making decisions in my own writing, I I often end up finding that upon consideration, my instincts are right. And like, there's a reason I feel strongly the story has to go in this direction. Yeah, for sure. Because of something that I set up previously or from or because of, you know, some some place I want the story to go. Yeah, right. Like instinct as authorial instinct is something that you'll that you'll develop pretty intuitively just the more and more as you write. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a it's it's not something you can really teach. It's sort of this ineffable, smoky, hazy idea that you just sort of have to come to on your own like an epiphany. It, it, it can't mm-hmm. really be taught like art is it, it, writing is. And I think we can say this for you know, this could probably be said of, of most artistic forms, but writing is a lot of the times a very agent and solitary pursuit. You will intuit things on your own and learn things on your own. They just sort of come through the text that yeah. can't really be taught in a classroom setting, really. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to teach it's hard to teach writing um, if you don't also just practice writing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. 
Like writing, writing like a, like a lot of other artistic pursuits, like you will achieve quality through quantity. Exactly. Like, and, and just as a visual write... artist, like a painter gets an eye for composition or color yeah. theory, like a, a, a like composition or color, a, a writer gets an ear for writing, for like sentence yeah. structure and stuff yeah. like that. And you have to write a lot, a lot of shit before you write anything good. Oh, so much garbage. Um, you know, like notebooks of bad fan fiction in, when you're 14. Yeah. Like that, that I can, I will, I'm willing to say like contributed to my development as a writer. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so, honestly, that's every... kind of why, that's part of why fan fiction is so great because it's like people expect yeah. it to like not be awesome, right? Like they don't, ex- they're not mm-hmm. expecting like a 12 out of 10, like amazing, fun. as great as it is, you know, as a practice, there is a suspension of standards sort of when you, when people go to read fan fiction. So it's like, yeah, yeah. especially because, when like, you're no starting out, if you... like you can let it be shitty if it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's like another great thing. Yeah, like one of the greatest things about fan fiction is that you're allowed to publish shitty. You're just allowed to write shitty stuff, and there yeah. are no or there should be no repercussions for posting shitty stuff mm-hmm. because like it's all part of your. That is part of your development as a writer. Like you had to write that. You have to write that in order for the next thing you write to be better. Yeah. In order to develop to develop as a writer, you just have to like you just have to write. You just gotta br- <laughs> you just gotta brute force it. You just have to do it. When you start out, um, it is not also, a elegant or refined process. Yeah, and I also think like reading is really like important part of. Oh, it's it it, it it is um, of utmost importance. But like reading actively, like reading and being aware. Well, like reading things first of all, like it's really important as a writer to like read things you enjoy and mm-hmm. are engaged in. Because then, like, you can ask yourself, you know, why do I enjoy it? What makes this scene so compelling? You know, what made that ending so good? Like, what made me feel emotions mm-hmm. during that, like, emotional climax? And then once you, and, like, once you start answering those questions for pieces of writing that you love, that you, that were written by someone else, like, then you can kind of, like, take those lessons um, into your own writing mm-hmm. and, um, you know, start, you know, implementing these techniques that you see um in other people's writing that you know you know work you know in your own experience yeah Um, you have to you have to read like a writer essentially yeah you have to read read broadly read a lot read all the time Uh and uh it'll it'll get there yeah it will come to fruition although like i like we can't say that like i can't say that like writing you'll ever reach like a peak in your writing it's kind of just like a continuous Oh yeah, you you'll never stop learning <laughs> as a writer. Like you'll never you yeah. will you will never be the best writer that you can ever be. You will always you will only ever be as good as you can be at that time. It, it's it is a constant mm-hmm. process of learning. Um, and if yeah. you ever if there ever comes a time where you're like oh well I've I've learned everything I need you're you're wrong. You're probably, yeah, you're, you're just wrong. There's <laughs> never that that mindset is the is the death is the death of writers and <laughs> so it, you need to be you need to be ready to embark on on a lifelong creative pursuit of uh, mm-hmm. always learning shit because you're always going to pick up something new yeah yeah so i think that's where we'll end this episode for today the Maybe inaugural we'll episode look- of on the right. episode, yeah, one of one of many. Yeah, we have a whole series planned. We hope that you will keep listening to us as we talk about fan fiction, fandom, and writing. Um, 
Do you think has Stephen King ever written fanfiction? Do you think? I hope he has. He probably super. He'd I fucking lie about it if you ask him, but he probably super that's, has. He would. He would. He would. But I'll will submit. I'll submit that. I'm just gonna say that yes, he has. He's so probably. I believe it. that. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, please subscribe and rate and leave a review making fun of Jake's Canadian accent. Yeah, if you leave a review podcast. on iTunes, it like it like it does. It's good for like the algorithm and shit like that. So yes, yes, help us manipulate the algorithm. That's just that's just housekeeping stuff, but it does help. Yeah, um, this podcast was produced and edited by us. We have no staff. <laughs> We're too fucking broke. <laughs> we are making zero dollars and spending zero dollars on this podcast. Correct. We 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 feel we feel confident in saying that Stephen King has in fact written. He'll um, he'll deny it. He'll deny it if you ask. He has but... written. fanfiction oh my god we have to cut that